Hey everyone, this is your hair peace session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland hairstylist. said this over and over again about how fortunate I am to meet so many amazing individuals from doing this show. I've had this podcast for almost a year with 23 episodes under my belt, and I've learned so much about my Portland community. There is diversity in Portland. You just have to look for it, and you have to put effort and a willingness to be humble and to have conversations. I've been licensed since 2006, and there are still things that I'm not familiar with in the hair industry. But this is what I love about doing the show. Me learning and discovering new ideas, techniques, having the opportunity of listening to another's story and sharing it with all of you. Before I reach out to an individual for this show, I do my homework. I check out their websites, any articles that I can find online. I ask around about them and also, of course, check out their Instagram feed. I look for who they are. In one IG post, Dakima Maria was telling a client about an incident she had with an older gentleman that was outside of her salon. He wasn't a client. On her story, she explained this older man looked like he needed help. He told her, I'm just trying to be careful. I don't want to fall. She then asked if she could take him home. One week after that, he had booked a haircut with her. At the closing of her story, she had said, you never know who you can bless, so please be kind to somebody. It's your turn. (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, I need to know this lady. (laughs) I want to know her. Dakima is not only a veteran at hair, having two salons, one in Vancouver, Washington, and one in Las Vegas. She also has her own wig and makeup line, and she's so much more than just a stylist behind the chair. She's also an incredible mother of five. So please enjoy this great conversation that I had with Dakima Maria. Interview on Tuesday, March 16th of 2021. And by the way, guys, she's in freaking Hawaii on a business trip. All right, guys, I am with Dakima Maria, and she is in Hawaii right now. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. See, I have a freaking beanie. I have, like, my cutoff jean jacket. It's still not that warm over here. Well, you still look good. Oh, thank you. So do you. So from uh, what we were talking before, you are actually on a business trip, right? I am, yes. Okay. How long are you staying? I'll be here until Thursday. And what island are you at? Uh, Maui. Oh, God. That's one of my favorites. I love that. Is that your first time to Hawaii or... It is. Oh, yeah. It won't be my last. (laughs) No, just enjoy it. Um, So, guys, uh, well, I use Instagram quite a bit, and I I found out about Dakima 
when you liked a post of Unique on an episode that I did for episode 14 of the podcast. And then when I started going on your social media, I kept, I saw your book. So I was like, okay, she has a book. I saw her making wigs. She makes wigs. And then I saw that you work both in Vancouver and Vegas. And then yeah. I was like, okay, shit, I need to know this woman. <laughs> I need to know her. Um, but before we get into, and we had a conversation and you were so sweet and nice and open. Oh. And it's like, I love, you know, I love people like that because I'm yeah. like that, you know, and it feels good. Yeah. Um, so before we get into all that, why don't you, can we first talk about like your childhood and how you got into hair? Because you have a home in Washougal, but you work in Vegas, but you're also originally from Detroit. Absolutely, yes. So my childhood was very challenging. Um, growing up, I'm a middle, I am the middle child of three children, and uh, my dad was very abusive, uh, where my family had to move back and forth on many occasions. Um, so it was just very challenging as a child to just stay focused or mm -hmm. comprehend things just because we were always in a panic. Mm -hmm. And is that why you were having trouble with school, like in high school? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it. we were talking earlier. Now you started getting into doing hair like at the age of 14. Is that right? Yeah, I was actually younger, but when I actually started doing others hair um taking clients from high school i was 14 and people would fill up my kitchen or my basement and we would do ponytails flat irons we did all types of styles and if we look back at those pictures <laughs> was so when you did the flat irons was that with the marcells those yes. hot tools with the oven yeah mm -hmm. oh man i yeah. remember yeah they were talking about that in my beauty school was, yeah um what happened after that so 14 you started kind of doing clients and then 16 you ended up dropping out of high school well see because of my childhood i fought a lot in school um i wasn't a bully but I wasn't going to be bullied and I didn't like to see other people get bullied. Mm -hmm. So I always was in the middle of something because of what was going on at home. It bothered me tremendously. So by the age of 14, moving into uh, our home that I had to go to a judge to and ask him if we, my sister and I can purchase it because it was too challenging living in a home with my dad mm -hmm. and we didn't want to be taken from my mom and get put into uh, foster care mm -hmm. and so in doing that I decided that I couldn't comprehend like things it was just so much still just I couldn't sleep at night I mm -hmm. couldn't think um, and I tried so hard when I got to high school and I could remember a teacher 
Um, and it was actually a swimming teacher. Uh, he gave me an F because I was chewing gum. Mm. Um, when I, and I was a swimmer. So I could swim in deep. I did really good. Um, and I went to try to talk to my mom about it. But she worked so much that she wasn't able to come mm. up and talk to them. And that really hurt me that I had to leave out of that class with the mm-hmm. health knowing that I was a status. Mm-hmm. So I just said, forget it. I'm tired. I have so much going on at home when my mom was struggling with the deals. I had to work, then go to school and deal with that too. I was emotionally distraught. What did you do after that? Well, I went and tried to attend cosmetology school. Okay. Um, which we were talking about before. Back then, could you get a degree in cosmetology and not have a high school diploma? Yeah, so I was able to go to cosmetology school and then that would be some type of um, accredited something mm. towards my high school. So that's okay. what I was trying to do. Which was, it, was, it was fine. It was just that it was still overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like it was all of it was still too much. Mm. And did you feel at that time you had a passion for hair? I felt like I knew that hair was something I was born to do, mm. but understanding the passion part of it, I didn't get that until um, I was in a situation when I was older. And then what happened after that? What, what did you start doing? Well, I was dating a guy that um, one of my brother's girlfriends, it was her nephew, and I was dating him, and we decided to get married. Um, and getting married, we gave, I gave birth to five kids in our union. And, and, and you got married okay. at 19. Yeah, so that was at the age of 19. So in between that time of dating him and working and still doing hair, I was just striving. Mm-hmm. working hard where did you work at I worked at KFC McDonald's um and I still did her okay how would you do it at your house or would you go to people's houses doing hair well I went to senior citizens oh. uh, the senior citizen places oh. and I did day hair and I also did it at my home school so you've already like just talking with a few times before it's like you have a very giving heart (laughs) yeah I I actually my heart is so giving because what I realized today of course I didn't know it when I was younger but what I realized today is I give the way I've always desired to be loved Mm, I like that now you're still in Detroit up at this time is that right yes how did you end up making the move to Vegas and why? Well, I've been married for many years and I have found out so many occasions that it was infidelity mm-hmm. in my marriage. I kept trying to make the marriage work, but unfortunately, I didn't want my girls growing up believing that that was the lifestyle that was conducive for them because mm-hmm. they're better than that. And so, and so was I, but my concern at the time was how was it going to affect my kids if I divorced their dad? Mm-hmm. Um, because 
as a dad, he was a great man as a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fa's uh, relationship, it's just he and I didn't make it. And so I asked him if it was okay if I took the kids to Las Vegas. And when I first asked him, he said no. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to me a few days later and he said, of course, I can take them. And so we left. I set my children down and I explained to them that um, I needed to make a difference. So let me say this. Just before I was leaving, I had been in school for fashion design. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, I didn't have my GED yet or anything. And I went to school for fashion design in Troy, Michigan. And I found out that it was another school in Las Vegas after the school from Troy sent me to Las Vegas for a, um, it was like a school um, magic show. Mm. And that was like a few years back. So I'm kind of like going back a little bit. But after I went there that year, I kept saying, and I think that was like 2006 at that time. So I didn't relocate to Las Vegas until 2008. But what I saw there was oh I can probably do well with my fashion mm-hmm. if I go over to Las Vegas so now that's 2006 now back to current um the 2008 move with the approval of my children's father and the strive of me trying to change my life um, I went with the plan to stay with a friend which actually didn't work mm-hmm. and that was you said that there was a part where you're kind of homeless for a few days. Is that right? Yeah. So what happened was I, I already made plans to stay with a friend. And once we arrived, she told me that her landlord said that we couldn't stay there. Mm. So now we had already made the plan for a month to give me enough time to look for a place. So at this point, I didn't know what to do. Well, we ended up finding out that I had an aunt there um, who's now deceased, rest her soul, um, and an uncle. And they met me, um, introduced me to a guy, and he had an available home. Oh, that's great. Yeah, in that home, they allowed my children and I to stay there for seven months with no charge. Mm -hmm. Now, were you in fashion school during this time? Well, I didn't get back in school right away. So that okay. was the plan. So the plan was to leave there to go to school, but I couldn't get back in school just through the fact that I was trying to survive. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was, that was the reason why I mentioned it was because in 2006, I saw that there were some opportunities in mm-hmm. Las Vegas for me. But by 2008, when I got there and realized that life happened, I didn't, there was no way I could focus focus on school at that time and try to maintain and where did you end up working at so I ended up working at Walmart um, and I also ended up working at a school it was like a preschool though where I was a teacher's assistant oh that's really so I worked midnight at Walmart and then I'll get up and go to the school in the morning from eight Mm -hmm. to four so really not a lot of sleep no and so how did you make that transition? Did you go to school after that? Like while you were working at Walmart, 
and then the preschool and then getting your life together. Yeah, so what I decided to do was to let the school go first so that I can go back to school. So I stopped working at the preschool so that I can go back to school. And in my orientation in school, they told me that we weren't allowed to miss a day of school or it can cause us to not get our cosmetology license, just all of these different things. So I wanted to be dedicated. So I worked at Walmart for a while longer. But then after a while, I couldn't do both. I couldn't keep going to school and still working those midnight hours because schooling was so challenging because of me having to focus. Mm -hmm. And when did you make the switch? Because before you wanted to go to fashion school and then now you're in cosmetology school. How come you didn't, did you finish fashion school at all or no? So I did go back to fashion school, but I did not finish. So okay. I, I ended up going back to fashion school in Las Vegas. And when I found out that they were closing down, mm -hmm. I shut down. So I just, okay. I didn't graduate. So, um, but I still design clothes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but back to school, um, I had to make a decision about my life. Mm -hmm. Fashion is something that I love to do, but it's not going to bring me immediate money. Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to bring me that capital right there. So I had to think, how can I provide for my children? Well, with all of the hours that I was working, I was just thinking like, if I go back to school and get my cosmetology license, I don't have to work so hard. And yeah, this is what I love to do. So I planned, I did a 10-year plan. And the way I broke it up was within 10 years, I'm going to be ABC, but mm -hmm. I'm going to start here and fashion has to be put on the back burner and my kids sports and me going to school was first. Okay. Now what, um, so for beauty school, how long was the program? One year. Okay. And you graduated at the top of your class, right? I did, yeah. And you actually spoke to a graduating class after you. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and then where did you end up doing hair? Well, I first went to a salon called Jubilee, mm -hmm. which was um, food rent. And I worked there for a while. And my uh, mentor thought that I should work at a place where I can learn more. So I ended up transferring over to another place. Um, the name of that salon, I think it's Diva, Diva Salon. And um, so they would do training and all of that. So that was the next one. And then I ended up just saying, you know, I really like the independent contracting mm -hmm. because I get to make my own schedule. And so I went back to doing hair on my own. Is that, now I was trying to remember, is that a solo salon that you went to in Vegas? No, not for years. Okay. I'm in a solo now, but not for years. I worked as just an independent contractor at different salons. Okay. Who was your majority client? What type of hair was are your clients? Oh, African America, the majority. In um, Vegas and in Vancouver? 
Um, well, in Vancouver, yeah, I'm going to say the majority of them are okay. uh, African-American, but I have a very mixed clientele, so it is very diverse. So I have Caucasian, I have Asian, I have, um, I have very different diversities. Now, when you're in Vegas, you're an independent contractor. Um, was this a time that your son was going to Portland during the summer? So my son did, I had both of my sons went to Atlanta every summer. Okay. Um, it wasn't until my son's senior year that we decided to allow my son to live with one of my cousins for his senior year with, um, with their son. And that was in Portland. Yes. Would you ever go visit him during the summer? Um, when, when he would go to Atlanta. Or uh, when, when he, you guys would go to Portland, when he'd go to Portland, did you ever go uh, and visit too? Oh, when my son went, I moved there. Okay. How many years was he going to Portland when you decided to make the move? It was no years. Oh, okay. My son had been going back and forth with my cousins to Atlanta, and then they relocated to Portland. Oh, and when okay. they relocated to Portland, I, my son, we decided for my son to go, since it was only girls in our home now. My other son had graduated already. And so once we said that, then I decided that I was going to get a job in Portland and move to Portland so that I could be with him too, but yet give him the opportunity to have fellas around him. <laughs> and did your daughters, they were still pretty young, so they followed you, right? Yeah, well, I had a 10th grader and an 11th okay. grader at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, we were talking earlier, pretty much your goal, which it's not anymore, was you to let go of doing hair in Vegas and then focus majority in Portland, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that didn't happen. And you've been traveling back and forth for how many years? Um, uh, since 2016. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to let go of those clients. <laughs> you know, you build a relationship with people. It's hard to let go. <laughs> yeah. And I, I look at my work as a ministry more so than anything else. Mm. Because we go through so much in life outside that when you come in to get your hair done, you need a peaceful place and a mm -hmm. place where you can yep. just be, feel free to be you. Yeah. Um, now, when you moved to Portland, where did you start working at? What salon did you find? So I started off at Dosha. Okay. And this is the Dosha in Beaverton. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this before. It was not nearly as diverse as Vegas. Not nearly. How did you feel about that? Well, personally, it didn't bother me um, about the, the way it was set up. What bothered mm -hmm. me was um, the fact that the way I was treated was I don't want to say I was treated less than because it wasn't mm -hmm. so much as a less than attitude. It was a control. Like they wanted to control everything that I did, even on the outside. And so what I mean by that is one of my managers came to me and said that I could no longer go to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I believe that she thought that 
I was going to say okay. But for me, whatever I do outside of my work is mm-hmm. my business. And so I told her, unfortunately, that's not going to work. And then I guess she reported to one of the owners. And when I went to meet with the owner, what made me decide that that place wasn't for me was the fact that he asked me, why did I feel like I needed to be a superwoman? Because I dressed up every day um, and other people wore leggings and Mm t-shirts. I'm not them and I enjoy being professional. Mm-hmm. How now? Question about your clientele: Did you have very many African American women at the Beaverton Dosha? No, it was no. I had some, but they were my clients that followed me from my cousin. Mm, okay, yeah. and then how long were you uh, working at Dosha, and then you decided to move to a different salon? Well, I had just made it through my three months okay and I was gonna go on but then I decided I had to leave there and this is when you found out about Jaya Rose right okay one of my girlfriends had been telling me about her stylist which was unique who actually worked well worked at Jaya Rose at the time and she kept telling me about that because she saw what I was going through she was you know, yeah. come in and she would see what I was going through. And I decided to give it a try. Now, we were talking earlier. So you were kind of apprehensive because Jaya Rose is an all black salon or was, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was all black salon. Um, and then also you were worried about the stylist po- possibly being whitewashed. So can right. you go into that? Yeah. So <laughs> what I noticed about Portland that's really different is a lot of Black people, um, and I'm not going to put this on everyone, but mm-hmm. some of the, the people that I've met don't appreciate the fact that they're Black. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion, because the way they act is in a way where they're too good to talk to me because I'm black or um, shun. You just don't know what to expect. But at Jerry Wells, they didn't have that at all. <laughs> so did you contact the owner first, or how did? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did you meet her in her salon, or what? What happened? Like, how did you guys connect? Yes, we met in the salon. The interview went very well. She was very professional, and I just felt like that was going to be my home. And, and it so felt, I decided. And if, oh, well, I was going to say, you know, when you walk into a place, you can feel it. Yeah. If it's going to work or mm-hmm. not. So you felt it. Yeah, I did. Yes. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, now tell me about your experience at J.R. Rose. How long did you work there? So I worked at Daryl for about three and a half years. Um, Daryl was really great. I mean, my experience there was nice. I was able to go into work and just enjoy working and leaving and building is what I was doing. I mean, I built and um, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. Work was good. And how many stylists did you work with? Um, I'm going to say it was probably about 14 of us. Wow. 
See, mm -hmm. I, I haven't contacted the owner of Jaya Rose. I don't know why I thought it was a little bit smaller, but uh, they're definitely somebody I want on the show. Oh, yeah. They're, she'll be great. They'll both be great, her and her husband. Now, when did you, and you, at this time, you were still traveling to Vegas. So how many days a week would you go to Vegas? And then how many days would you behind, be behind the chair at Jaya Rose? So every other week at that time, I was going to Vegas and I would stay for like three days or okay. four days, sometimes two. It just really depends on how many clients I have. Got it. And then um, how, because you fill your books pretty tight, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have an assistant over there to help you out at all in Vegas? In Vegas, no. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you do have one here. Yes. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So you were at Jaya Rose for three and a half years. How did you make that decision to move to your own solo salon in Vancouver? It was just time. Mm -hmm. You know how you, you can feel that it's time for you to walk out. I needed something yeah. new. And it was time for me to walk in it. I mean, I was going to still try to work at Jaya Rose and still do my salons, but it was so much I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. So I decided to just focus on building the Kima Maria. How, was that really scary at first to go to a solo salon? It was absolutely really scary because I hadn't told anybody that I, I was moving or anything. I had gotten my own salon and <laughs> COVID hit right after I my paperwork and everything. <laughs> it's it takes a lot of courage to go out on your own. I know for myself, like I worked at 77 for five years and I'm not I don't have my own salon, but even moving to a different salon, I'm like, oh my God, none of my clients are gonna follow me. <laughs> I'm not gonna get booked. I I suck. You know what I mean? Like all this like okay, wait a minute. No, you're fine. Emily, you're fine. Your clients will follow you. You're fine. So. Right. Yes. And they do follow you. So always remember the people that's there, that's supposed to sit in your chair, will, will sit in your chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for the Solus one, you actually, oh, well, first of all, how did you find the one in Vancouver? I just looked it up and went and met with the lady who owns it. And did you, what was the reason? Cause there are solo salons in Portland. So what was the reason for you to get one in Vancouver? Because I live in Washugo, mm, okay. Washington, which is, uh, Vancouver is just a little bit closer to me. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. And you just celebrated your one year anniversary at anniversary. the Soul. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I did. Yes. That's great. Do you know a lot of your, the other stylists in the other studios there? I don't. And I think that um, it's just because of COVID. I know a few okay. people and they're very kind. So when we all walk out, we speak. And I know a few people, well, one young lady that's in the very front, she's always purchasing some of my Dekima Maria makeup or Aww. she wants to buy a garment or so yeah <laughs> that's so sweet um now tell me where you're at now because now I mean you've you've you're you've done a lot you are still doing a lot um 
you have gotten into a cosmetic line and you also have a hairline and synthetic hairline for wigs. When did you get well, into my synthetic the hair? It's just for braiding. My oh, okay. um, human hair is what I make the units with. Yeah. Now, um, how did you, when did you start doing the wigs? So let me just tell you. <laughs> when I was homeless, I used to sit the um, wig stand on my steering wheel and make wigs for one client that I had that would buy wigs for me. And I really, in my heart, mm -hmm. believe that he only bought these wigs because he knew that I needed some money. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, she, she has them to these to this day. I mean, she's probably bought, I don't know, maybe 15. But yeah, I started off then when I moved to Las Vegas and I made them before, but it wasn't a focus of mine. Mm -hmm. But when I moved to Las Vegas and I didn't have a place to stay, it became a focus of mine. And then that's just kind of grown. Yeah. Um, yeah. How many clients do you have? Or, or do people purchase online or do they actually come into the chair? A lot of times people purchase with me. Okay. Um, you can go online and it has like where you can book for a custom unit, but that's going to be just a consultation and a quote. That's just a starting price, just depending on what it is that a person wants. But majority of my clients, they're referred to me. Um, they sit in my chair and they talk with me. So we do a consultation first. Okay. And then I'll create the unit. Mm -hmm. And now, because I was saying that I was kind of getting into wigs because I want to color them. Are your yeah. wigs lace front or are they non-lace front all of mine are lace front okay so that's something mm -hmm. i know i wanted to ask you later about yeah like, of course absolutely i don't mind at all um what about so how did you get into your cosmetic line well i've always wanted to do hair fashion makeup and so everything takes time and so what i'm learning is you start somewhere Mm -hmm. You create a plan and you start. You have a vision, but you have to have a start. And so for me, I've had a vision for many years, but with my start, I have five children. Mm -hmm. So what people didn't understand was it's not that I was needy or was a taker. I had five children where my life couldn't go forward until after I finished focus on them, you know, focusing on them. And now that my youngest have graduated from high school, it's for me, time for me to still explore, learn who I am, what do I like, continue to do my passion and build, but more than anything, invest wisdom into my children and others. Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself going now? I've been thinking about that, like, you know, I love my life. So <laughs> I just like, I've been making vision boards and plans and I'm like, oh, can I think a little bit? Because everything I've ever wanted, I have. I think that it's just amazing to me that God can take this broken little girl, mm -hmm. grow her up into this woman 
who always had all of these desires, but in the time where I was going through so much, I didn't see anything changing for me, but yet it was changing all the time. Isn't that? I was planting seeds. Yeah, isn't that funny? I, for me, I would get pissed off and frustrated when things didn't work out. Like I wanted to lease for so long. Well, it took me six years to finally start leasing. And I looked back and it's like, holy shit. Like I've actually learned a lot. I've gone through (laughs) a lot and you don't appreciate it then, you know, until later and things, and, and the, you know, things happen at the time that they need it to happen. You can try and force it and push it, but that's just going to make you frustrated. And I truly believe that the things that you want will happen in your life, just not at the time that you really want it. Sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So now you're enjoying yourself in Hawaii onward. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Now, are you going to go back to Vancouver after this or are you going to Vegas? So... I am going back to Vancouver for one day. Okay. I'm going to work. And then I fly out for Vegas. And where are your kiddos at now? So I have three of them that's in Washington right now. Okay. And two that's in Detroit. Uh, the three that live with, uh, live in Washington, do they live with you? Yeah, well, I have two that live with me, but my son is never there. Yeah. And then my other son, um, he's in college and for Forest Grove. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. That's so a- he's really in Oregon. He just comes home with me on his break. Okay. How do you now tell me about before we kind of close? I want to know what your self care is. Well, self care for me is taking time in my early mornings, praying, mm-hmm. spending a little bit of time with God every single day just asking God to give me the understanding of how to direct my day. Then I love traveling. So just sitting down and relaxing and reading a book or I don't need any, any noise. I can mm-hmm. sit here and listen to this water all day. I'm going to actually show you guys the water God, while I'm it's here. Beautiful. Let me see if I could just turn this around. Uh, that's so gorgeous. I mean, this right here, and even though it's work to me, I am enjoying this Mm. and in me enjoying this I mean this is what I want for others I just want people to just be where they want to be whatever that is Mm -hmm. and what about time for your kids because you're saying that your kids blow up your phone all the time right (laughs) they're blowing up my phone right now So my kids, I talk to them basically every day, Um, but more than anything, we have a relationship where my kids can talk to me about anything. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they can talk to me about anything is because I understand life. And when they were younger, trust me, I did not know how to be the best parent. Mm -hmm. But today, I understand that I've fallen short in so many areas and I've had to get back up again and so I'm teaching them that it's okay if you fall but you just can't stay down Mm -hmm. you know I'm not going to try to control what they're doing I'm just going to embrace them with love I love that I think um the the thing that's most important to me with my kids is 
I'm not going to coddle them and hold their hand all the time, but mm-hmm. I do want them to know that I will be there for them no matter what. That's real. Yeah. That's it's like, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. So and the one thing they know is that I'm there for them. They yeah. call me all the time. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Uh, what advice do you have for hairstylists just starting out or individuals thinking about going into the beauty industry? Um, the first thing I would like to say is becoming a cosmetologist or hairstylist in that field is not something that's going to just come to you. You have to get up and figure out what's your plans for your future with your, with your work. Um, a lot of times I've seen, I've seen I've seen students graduate and don't do anything with their license. Well, what I did when I graduated was I made water bottles and put my face on it with my number and said you can make a hair appointment. And I took them around mm-hmm. and handed them out to people. Today I don't know. And that's something that can be done, but it's something that could be done that would benefit a client or attract them to want to come and see you. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, don't give up. Don't give up on what you feel like you were born to do. And don't allow the situation that's at hand to stop you from moving forward. If you wake up in the morning and you really don't know what to do, I don't know your belief, but whatever it is, Take a moment of silence, mind is prayer. Mm-hmm. And if you would just do that and continue to create your vision, your plan, make it plain to yourself what you do want and actually what you don't want. You can mm-hmm. say the things that you don't want so you can know what not to fall into and create boundaries. But one thing for sure, it takes work mm-hmm. to become a successful solid. Oh, well, thank you so much. And where can people find you? Well, you can find me at thekimamaria.com or you can even email me at um, at gmail.com. I'm in Vancouver, Solar Salon. I'm also in Las Vegas, Centennial Hills, Solar Salon. And if you go online, it'll keep you updated with all of my information. Um, and if you want to come in just to have a little love, just come talk to me. You guys, I'm serious. <laughs> That's true. I went to her solo salon in Vancouver and I'm like, oh man, I could just hang out with you. <laughs> yes. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, I'll have information as well on my website, which is www.herapy.salon. Thank oh, you so gosh. much. I'll talk to you later, okay? Okay, bye. Well, that was my absolutely great conversation with Takima. You guys, she is so sweet and really amazing. Uh, Truly inspiring and just so open. I know for sure I want to stay connected with her. So, and I've said this about Lexi. So Takima, I know you're super busy, but I would definitely love to be friends with you. (laughs) So I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Um, if you guys would like to know more about Takima Maria, you can check out her website at www.takimamaria.com. 
as well as her IG at authentically underscore Dakima Maria. You can also find more information on my own website at www.hairp.salon. Well, that's it for now. So be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your Hairpy Session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub, a beauty app where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House.